0: welcome to navigating consciousness I'm Rupert Sheldrake and this is a podcast of my talks and conversations if you enjoy listening please subscribe and leave a review in your favorite podcatcher it really helps how many would say we'd like to know more about bird navigation bird migration and all these things which are enormously popular on TV I, I
1: Yes. Now, I, I, I would
0: argue that
2: actually yes. you'd, you'd be surprised. Um, I, I think, I think okay, but we there, 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 is, there is I'm, public I'm, money. If service. we just take the subject of genetically modified food, um, there is public money that goes into it, partly because it's so important that it is not an entirely corporate affair. Um, and people are aware that um, we may be able to genetically modify food such that um, areas that don't have enough food will be able to grow enough food. Now, the problem is if you leave that to the corporations, then that will become a, a, basically a millstone around those people's necks. And so it's important that there is public research into that. I, think, I actually think that most people would agree with that situation. And they wouldn't say that we need to fund more pigeon-fancying research. And, and I'm okay,
1: not, let's, let's take a poll. <laughs> Pigeon fanciers? More research on pigeon fancing or are you happy with the? are you, or are you happy to let uh, the Science Research Councils get on with allocating funds? Any thoughts, gentlemen over here? Tentatively putting up his hand. Oh, hang on! L- L- quickly, quickly! Let me give you a a microphone.
0: I was just wondering what it actually is that science doesn't tell us.
1: Sorry, is there... <laughs> that doesn't seem to be a question what that's detection? been fully answered. <laughs> okay.
2: The question was, what doesn't science tell us?
1: Yes.
2: Yeah. I, well, my, my quick answer would be the truth, in that science does not have, you know, this unique access to the truth of the universe. Um, what science can tell us is answers to certain questions that we ask of nature i think that's kind of the best way i can put it you know we we set up an experiment to ask a particular question of nature and we get a result that comes back and we do it enough times that we're fairly sure that this is not a fluke but this is how it happens that doesn't mean it's true it means there's a consensus i think it's very important to to kind of for scientists to stand back and be a bit sceptical about their own position. Because there is this move amongst scientists, uh, you know, Dawkins has been mentioned so many times already, to to kind of have this back reaction, almost like a childlike overreaction, to any suggestions that science has overstepped its mark by saying science is the ultimate arbiter of truth and, and it's given you your lovely technology and you should be grateful. And I think scientists just need to be a bit more circumspect about what they actually do. I'm not to say that science isn't fantastically useful because it is and I think it is a good arbiter of, of how the world works but it, it doesn't mean it's, it's the key to the truth.
1: But isn't it the Donald Rumsfeld thing? It's the...
2: The known unknown. Yes. Yeah, I, I think science...
1: How we'll miss him.
2: <laughs> we'll miss them all, won't we? Um, <laughs> I, think, I think there are known unknowns and I hate to be quoting Rumsfeld but, but that's what science needs to kind of step back and look at. What is it looking at? Is it, it's looking at the unknowns, and it knows some of the unknowns, but I don't think it knows all of the unknowns. But it doesn't
3: allow to look at the unknowns. Look at chair he's
2: not allowed. is not But he is allowed to do what he's doing. He's found alternatives. Hmm. If I could do a study with students on telepathy, I could come up with a lot with his paradigms. But I'm not
1: allowed to do that. Why aren't you allowed to do that? Why aren't you allowed we to do that? Have the it?
0: microphone.
1: Yes, yeah. we have the microphone down here. Why aren't you allowed to do that? I mean, what is the limiting factor? Time you it? The,
3: word, the word telepathy is a non-word, you know. You cannot uh, you cannot even mention in a scientific in a leading uh, scientific department in UK the word telepathy without people getting frightened. And I when you uh, want to have a discussion with a research fellow, with a younger research fellow, uh, maybe about the relationship of matter and consciousness, she immediately will shout at you and say, consciousness, it's only in the brain. You know, I mean, this is a personal experience from, uh, from are my you a, side. And
1: are you a scientist? Yes. Where do you work?
3: I don't want to say oh, this. Oh, you
1: matter. don't want to say it. All right. But what but, We're
3: But not I'm, I'm getting a really... Please don't follow her home. <laughs> uh, a bit, a bit fed up with uh, because you said just uh, 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 science is boring. Yes, it is, and you are contributing to it. I mean. Uh, being I, the never, ed- si- I being never said that was uh, no, no, the now problem. Let, <laughs> now, let me tell you. Right in the beginning, I was wondering about that. You discarded uh, the evidence about dog uh, telepathy, which I find anyway not so much interesting. I think, for example, we should discuss uh, Sheldrake's research on staring. That is far more exciting at the moment. But okay, the dog lovers. Um, and you discarded it. said, uh, well, others tried to replicate and they failed. It's not true. Richard Wiseman replicated and you can see that he actually found the same stuff about that particular dog like Rupert but uh, strangely, he, uh, uh, he, he didn't interpret it in the same way. And I haven't understood uh, why, actually. He had actually even Im- admitted uh, that he actually had the same results, but he doesn't agree. You know?
2: I, think, I is... think if Richard Wiseman was sat here, and I've read some of what he's read, uh, what he's written about Rupert's work, I don't think he would agree with you that that's his position. Of course he but wouldn't I, agree. I can't answer for Richard I don't Wiseman know whether, or Rupert.
3: You know, it, it, the, the whole point is that, I mean, I have now a microphone here and I'm happy to speak uh, and I'm I'm asked to do and I was actually uh, all the time muttering a little bit here.
1: Because I did hear you muttering.
3: (laughs) I'm and sure I, now, I do want to get habit. into
1: a he said, she no. said on um, no. um, and, Sheldrake. And I would like to say it,
3: uh, the great thing about uh, his paradigm, and that's why I said it's boring and you contribute, and then somebody comes up like him. I'm sure Sheldrake is talked about in 100 years, I hope at least very much, while many other of the other people, like uh, I don't want to mention names, uh, will be probably forgotten because he is actually he has actually provided evidence, and he has done field research on all this. Telepathy is a very subtle phenomenon, and actually, and, and this phenomenon is actually suggesting the morphic fields.
2: Hmm. You know, I, 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 have I completely understood. agree with you that... The... The test of time and is you a very want, important
3: And you want to have it physical. And he said, quite rightly, uh, uh, well, then we cannot find new fields if you if you make uh, such uh, such uh, regulations. I think, and that's I exactly... Think you,
1: now, I'm going to stop you there, because yeah. th- uh, you should be... Um, afterwards, obviously, uh-huh. get him to sign his copies of the book that you buy, because you mm-hmm. will want to keep them as ephemera for your grandchildren to pass down, because mm-hmm. obviously you will be famous. Let me take one. I'm going to take two more questions. Hi. Oh, um, and then we're going to finish Albert
2: Marshall um, rightly so this year everyone's celebrating 250 years of um, great work done by um, Darwin um, I've been hearing quite a lot about it in the news and different journalists hypothesised about where it just takes us what do the panel think are the natural limits of um, evolutionary theory in looking at social behaviour and in particular group social behaviour because I've heard quite a lot about this.
1: Okay and uh, the cover line of New Scientist this week is Darwin is wrong
2: that's right, for which we are in trouble. Um, <laughs> apparently it's being hijacked by the intelligent design community. Um, it's a good question. I think, I think the application of, of Darwinism to sociology is, and, and human behaviour has been full of very, very difficult things, and it's been used to justify all kinds of terrible things. Um, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to apply some kind of ideas of, of, of Darwin's to... To social behaviour, but I think we've got to do it very carefully. I'm never very convinced by the explanations. It always seems like the science of stating the bleeding obvious to me. But uh, I, I, I think investigating what causes sort of group behaviours, herding behaviours, is is important. I mean, we've seen that in the financial meltdowns that, that a lot of that was caused by herding behaviour that wasn't really noticed.
0: Rupert. Well, I'm in favor of evolution and natural selection. And, in fact, I think Darwinism can be extended to the whole universe, not just biology. That's the whole point of the idea of morphic fields and their evolution. Um, I also think Darwinism or evolutionary theory can be extended to social groups because I think social groups have morphic fields. And I think they have habits. Uh, I think this is very important in religion and understanding rituals within the religious area. Um, Or uh, rituals in any context. I think they have a morphic resonance component. This idea enables us to understand all sorts of aspects of social organization in a new way. Um, So I think there's a lot of mileage in extending our evolutionary understanding. Uh, but um, this involves going beyond the kind of narrow reductive neo-Darwinism that says it's all in the genes or it's all selfish genes. It's such a narrow view that. Um, traditional biology is not based on that narrow gene-centered view and neither is Darwin himself. So personally, I really like Charles Darwin. I love reading his books. I admire both of his content and his style and his way of doing research. My favourite book of his is The Variation of Animals and Plants Under Domestication, uh, where he worked with cabbage breeders, gooseberry fanciers, pigeon uh, clubs in London. And he he worked with real facts that came from real people working with animals and plants in a very down-to-earth way. Um, And... He, was, he appreciated the inheritance of habits. Uh, I think Darwin's great. It's just that side of Darwin's been rather filtered out. Uh, for we've now got this kind of sanitized neo Darwinian Darwin. Um, but the, uh, the real Darwin was not a neo Darwinian. And uh, so I hope that in the Darwin centenary, at least one of the things we'll do is rediscover more about the real Darwin.
1: Okay. And if anybody wants to do that, The Voyage of the Beagle is my favourite book of all time. And it is the most wonderful travelogue. Uh, it's funny. It's exciting. It's just a wonderful, wonderful book. And I'm going to take one more question. And it, there was one somewhere around here. There was, I think, your lady. Yes. Yeah, thank you. It's so the lights. It. It's not her. It's the lights. Yeah. I can't, we can't see out. So the only I would like to make a point about uh, science is getting a lot of bad uh, press for being reductionist, but I think we should remember that you know science, other than Dawkins being of course dogmatic, it, there are many scientists who do accept other forms of understanding, and we need to remember that if you think dogs have telepathy. Um, what science wants is an explanation. So if I want to build a bridge and I say, well, 50% of the time it will hold the weight and 50% it won't, we need to understand that's not good enough. same with drugs. And so there are reasons within the field of science which require a sort of structured set of rules and why there is a dogma. And that doesn't mean that it's the only form of understanding. But we do need to maintain rules because we we need to um, have bridges that hold weight and have drugs that work. And so there is a reason for, for the dogma. I say something about that
3: now? Yeah, no, I would you can just say, like you to can answer. Say very, 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 very Very, short, very, 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 short, short, very, very briefly. Yes, uh, Science wants an answer in the framework of biology, uh, physics, and chemistry. And anything which is outside that is, uh, is not wanted And that's the problem.
2: I I don't think that's actually true. I think everything outside of that has to have extraordinary evidence in order to change the paradigm. But the paradigm is changing in biology even now. That's why the cover story of New Scientist this week was Darwin was wrong. Because actually there is evidence to show that the sort of vertical gene transfer that goes from species to species actually is compounded and messed up, if there's no better word for it, by horizontal gene transfer, for instance. And that is Slowly changing, but this thing, these take generations to change. And Darwin was the first one to say. He says in the Origin of Species that I do not expect to convince old naturalists. I expect, to, I'm hoping that the next generation will prove me right. And that, this is why perhaps Rupert will be vindicated in, in 50 to 100 years' time.
1: Okay, but so. I- what? No, we've, we've come to the end now. And this conversation can go on in the bar, uh, or it can go on where you two are going to sign your books. Um, 13 Things That Science Can't Explain, and a very great uh, book it is, very entertaining. And uh, we've got several of your books, I think. Okay. Um, the many the... books, mm-hmm. uh, A New Science of Life, with this very beautiful um, Fern, Fern. yes, on the front, Uh, signed for posterity for you to pass on. You can put it in a trunk, it may become an heirloom. (laughs) or it may not Uh, we don't know yet Um, I'm not sure ladies and gentlemen and can I apologise to these two over here because we haven't entirely explained what science uh, can't explain but I hope you'll agree uh, that we've had an entertaining and stimulating evening for which I thank not only the members of the audience but also my two panellists Michael Brooks Rupert Sheldrake thank you very much